beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Isaiah 55 from verse 12 to 13. We can start from verse 11. All right, let's read together, everybody who wants to go. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands instead of the thorn shall come up the fair tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off glory hallelujah now you give the lord a shout of praise glory to god precious spirit of the living god thank you for your love for us we give you thanks and praise our hearts are open to receive your word right now thank you because every ear that is open is blessed faith comes as we receive God's word Amen. in Jesus holy name we declare Amen. Amen you may be seated God bless you now I want to start by making a remark so those of you who have been in every episode of this series I want to really congratulate you and I want to say something um many people go about their spiritual development in a very haphazard way you see so um maybe one day you eat one thing another day you eat another thing one time you show up somewhere you you feel like you get fed at another time you're not there you see, God has designed that sometimes for a period you just stay on something. That's how growth happens. Um, some of us, when you were in primary school, the curriculum was constant. When you moved to primary six, the curriculum was constant. You don't have a situation where tomorrow you go to GSS3 curriculum, you're in primary six. But you go to GSS3 curriculum, then you go back to primary four curriculum, and then you just eat in a haphazard way like that. Those of you who are instructors here, you understand that. That you have to learn to give yourself consistently to a, a particular conversation 
And that's why here at church, we teach in series so that we can use four weeks to try to implant something in your heart. Because for every season or for every day of your life, God is speaking something to you, all right, that he wants to emphasize in that particular period. And if you're not one given to constructive learning, you're going to be missing out a lot. So you show up, you hear something, you forget, you know, the next time you're hearing something else. You don't grow like that. You don't develop spiritually like that. Praise God forevermore. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? If you want to grow and develop spiritually, you have to give yourself per time to certain conversations consistently. Amen? Amen. Consistently. That's why you would, you would never catch me teach a message and that's it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If anything, we actually don't touch it as much as we should. So if you find yourself this week, you hear something. Next week, you hear another thing. Next week, you don't even hear at all. Then the other week, you're back to hearing something else. There will be no measurement to your growth. You will just be everywhere. There will be no detail to your growth. And the reason for teaching is so that people can grow. Amen? So that people can be detailed. Over a period, God can ask you to study on the ministry of the Spirit. And that's why for, for many of you, the safest place to be is to be planted in a local church. Because the idea is that God would have spoken to our pastor on the direction that he wants us to focus on in this season. And I can tell you, there was a time this year the focus was on trusting the Lord, right? And if you check, you realize that for every time, for every place that you are in your life, if you just check, what you are hearing is in sync with what is going on or what you need for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have a very strong feeling, very strong conviction that people need to be hearing this conversation about being merry in this time. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So give yourself to constructive development. Not, I eat here today, I eat. Even I don't grow like that. <laughs> you understand? I give myself steadily to something over a period of time. Praise God forevermore. Are we ready this morning? Yes, sir. One thing is certain. You will hear from God today. Amen. It's certain. God has a word for you. Glory to God forevermore. How many of you ever heard the, the, the terminology merry-go-round? All right? Merry-go-round. The idea of that terminology, let me just read the meaning. So that word merry-go-round means an unending cycle of activities or events especially regarded as pointless. All right? An unending cycle of activities or events that is especially regarded 
as pointless events that have no purpose. A merry heart is not a merry-go-round. A merry heart is not pointless. It is not meaningless. Praise God. So the idea of a merry-go-round is that you're just circling around a particular place. You're not going forward. The idea of a merry heart, which I, which I want you to receive this morning, is that there's a connection between being merry and progress. So it is not, the picture of a merry heart is not a merry-go-round. The picture of a merry heart is progress. So the episode title today is merry but not going around. In other words, you are not static. So this merry-heartedness leads to progress. Joy leads to progress. So what we are going to be teaching today is how to make spiritual progress and progress in every of your area of your life with a merry heart. Making progress with a merry heart. Glory to God forevermore. All right, let's start this morning. Let's look at Proverbs chapter number 15 and verse 13. Proverbs chapter number 15 and verse 13. And I want to invite you to read it together, everybody. All right, let's read together. One to go. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. All right, let's read it again. You know, um, one of the things I love about this teaching series is that you get to practice it. Amen? You actually get to practice what you're learning. Praise God forevermore. All right, let's read again. Want to go? It says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The first thing that I told us that is the root of a merry heart is what? Who can re remember? The victory that Jesus has purchased for us. The fact that you and I are born of God and we have victory in Christ Jesus. The second root that I told us was that your merry heart is rooted in God who is the source of your salvation, right? The God of your salvation. In fact, that's, that's a very good reason to rejoice. Praise God. And then last week, I told us to attend to his words. Praise God. My son, give attention to my words. And I said not just any word because the Bible is full of many words. Even Satan spoke in the Bible. <laughs> you know, men spoke in the Bible. The Bible is not a chronicle of God's word. The Bible contains what God said. I get what I'm saying? So we go for the words that point to the Father's love for us. Praise God forevermore. We give attention to the words of his love. And there's no way you're really going to be receiving words of his love and still not be merry. 
that's not possible. It's, it's not going to happen. And then we also finally touched on you seeing what the Father is seeing. Amen? Having the same vision as the Father has. And we mentioned Abraham, how that God, in trying to help him, had to bring him out because what he was seeing was barrenness. So God had to bring him out to see something else. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So this morning, the Bible says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. There's a, there's a connection between what's going on in your heart, what your heart is brooding on. That's very important. What your heart is stayed on. The Bible says he will keep you in perfect peace whose heart is stayed on him. So the source, of, the source of a merry heart is actually dependent on what the heart is stayed on. So if your heart stays on the fact that things are not working, then obviously your countenance will reflect things are not working. And the Bible says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So in other words, you take your heart and condition that heart to stay. Very important. To stay on the things that are working. To stay on the things that God has said. Praise God forevermore. You know, when you embrace a merry-hearted culture, you become undefeatable. It becomes difficult for you to be defeated. Let me tell you, and staying power is one of the things that believers must have. The ability to just keep showing up and wear the devil out. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me tell you, many times, the person who wins the fight may not be the strongest. It's just the person who will just not give up. And you say, amen. amen. May not be the strongest. It's not every time that the strongest people win. The person who just keeps showing up, just keeps showing up, just keeps rejoicing at the words that God has said to them. And let me tell you when, you, when you embrace a merry heart, it conditions you to see what God is doing. You see, what we are sharing here helps you really to not be pessimistic. People don't like pessimistic people. People don't like hanging around people who are dark and gloomy. Every time we see you, there's always something to complain about. You know, the moment somebody calls you on the phone, Especially people who live abroad. The moment they call you on the phone and they say, how are you? They are expecting you to download all the problems that you're going through in your life. So sometimes just shock them and say, I am blessed. <laughs> Many times it's a good shock. <laughs> really? You are blessed? Yeah, I am blessed. Nothing to complain. Absolutely nothing. Everything is working for me. And you say amen. Say this with me. Everything is working for me. It says, a merry heart. Say this with me. I have a merry heart. I have a merry heart. Say it one more time. Say, I have a merry heart. I have a merry it says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So, if you embrace sorrow, you're breaking your spirit. And a broken spirit does not have the, the tenacity to keep moving on. Let's look at the scriptures we looked at. Proverbs 17 and verse 22. We've been there. 
All right, let's read it together, everybody. One to go. A merry heart does what? Does good, like what? Medicine. But a broken spirit dryeth up the bones. I told you last week that medicine, that word medicine, is both healing and what? Cure. Praise God forevermore. The word medicine is both what? Healing and cure. You see, we've been teaching some very profound stuff. If you carry it and use it, it will help you. So, to be healed, to experience healing, you know, many times people, people want healing to be instant. But sometimes healing is healing. Okay? Healing. In other words, it is continuous. Depending on how grievous the grief was. All right? So you are healing. The tool for healing is a merry heart. All right? Then the merry heart is also the cure. So the cure for grief is also a merry heart. Praise God forevermore. So say this with me. I have a merry heart. And my merry heart does good to me. Glory, hallelujah. All right, let's look at Proverbs 4 and verse 20. Just want to put all of that. All right, let's read together, everybody. Want to go? It says, What? My son, what? Attend to my words. And do what? Incline your ear unto my sayings. Verse 21. It says, Let them not what? Depart out of your eyes, from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22. Let's read together. Everybody want to go. For they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now listen, that word health is also the Hebrew word healing and cure. Amen. So the Bible says the word of God, God's word is both healing and cure. So if we put the two texts together, a merry heart does good like medicine and attend to my words, they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. What, what we are saying in essence is that the word of God is the source of a merry heart. It says a merry heart does good like men. It didn't tell you the source. Then now it says, my son, attend to my words. So if you look at the other one, you would imagine that it's just saying, okay, go and be merry. Anything that makes you merry. But I told you that it's not anything that makes you merry. Because if anything makes us merry, somebody's sickness can make us merry. If our heart is not purged, somebody's downfall can make you merry. And I tell them now, you know here, see now, you don't enter trouble. I get what I'm saying. But that is not the source of a merry heart. And, and this is going to help you. Because sometimes you must realize that you have to train your heart not to wish evil for people. You have to train your heart. I'm telling you. Especially when you have heard what they have said and done. Because there is a place if your heart is not consistently cleaned out with the truth of God's word. There is a place where you are just, you're just wishing. <laughs> that if you, I know, are you, am I being honest? That if you just hear something that is not so pleasant, you say, yeah, that's because of what they did to me. No. So the source of a merry heart is the word of God. So, if you look at those two scriptures, 
If Mary had those good like medicine, my son, pay attention to my words. For they are life to those who find them. They are mapay, healing and cure. In other words, a man can stay with God's word from start to finish and be completely healed. And be completely cured from a broken spirit. Many times people are looking for therapy. Therapy, you go to therapy and, and therapist will ask you, okay, so tell me how you feel. That's why I came. I came so that I don't have to start to tell you how I feel. You tell me. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they will ask you the question and then they will hope that you answer the question. And as you are answering, you are actually solving the, pro, the, the, the puzzle for yourself. You didn't need to sit there. But of course, you have to feel like you did something about it. You went to, for therapy. You know, I've been, I've been in therapy. I've been in therapy. Let me tell you, the most therapeutic thing that a man can do or a lady can do for themselves is to feed on God's word. To take in the words of God. To sit and receive the undiluted word of God. To just sit there and just feed. I think it was Charles Spurgeon. And, and, and somebody will probably need to go and research that. Charles Spurgeon said that I start my day, you know, feeding from the word of God. That it does something to my soul. I get what I'm saying. It bathes my soul with peace and comfort. Just sitting there and just feeding from God's word. Many times when you see that your heart is getting troubled, listen, take out time. You know, some of you are investing in some of the best apps. You're investing in some of the best apps. You're, you're doing AI. You know, you're, you're downloading um, um, chat GPT. You're downloading all of those things. You know, some of the most precious things that you can download right now in this season is things that pertain to God's word. So there's nothing bad in investing in an audio Bible. You know, you just put it in your ear and you're listening to the word intentionally. You're listening to the word. It is health to those who find it. Help to all their flesh. Somebody might ask a question. What is the connection between the state of my heart and the health of my body? Is there a connection between the state of my heart and how fresh my body looks? Sweetheart, you better bet that there is. <laughs> you better bet that there is. You show up in the, you know, at night, all right, and then you are so troubled. How many of you have been so troubled you couldn't sleep? I know some of you, the moment you hit your bed, <laughs> you're gone. That's a good thing. But some people can be so troubled, they, they can't sleep. What's the connection? And then before you know it, you can't sleep for the first day. You can't sleep for, for the second day. Then before you know it, headaches on end. Then before you know it, they say it's insomnia. Then before you know it, they start to treat you for a particular condition. There is, listen, church, there is a connection between the peace in your heart and the health of your body. So it says, they are, pay attention to my words. Put that, put that, put that, put verse, verse 20 again. I, I want to just point this out and then I'll begin to proceed. Oh, I love what's going on here. It says, my son, attend to my words. Now listen, I want you to try to put the two together. What's the connection between attending to his words and health for their flesh? Hey, I thought that he would say, 
Go and take medicine. Go and take drugs so that you can be healthy. Go to the gym. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the gym. But you see, no matter how much you hit the gym, without healthy words in your spirit, you'll be sick. Without the healthy words of God's love in your spirit, you will still be sick. Your thoughts will be sick thoughts. Your inclinations will be sick inclinations. So what, these are the things, when you're studying, these are the things to ask yourself. What's the connection between attending to his words and the state of my health? Because his words actually contains a holistic picture of the frame of your life. Let me tell you this, church. No other nation or system has a complete picture of what your life should look like other than God's word. You know, this week we got the news that they had lifted up the ban. And we got another news that it was a lie. In less than one week. <laughs> so just imagine that your joy was hooked on that. Just imagine that that's the source of your relevance. That's the source of your life. Your ability. I'm, I'm still wondering how quickly we've forgotten 2020. You know, so just imagine that you were, you, were, you were building your life and your worth and your value on, ah, the ban is lifted. Let me go and buy my ticket so I can pepper some people. You didn't even sleep up, up to 48 hours. They say, no, the ban is still there. And listen, what you are seeing here is a picture of what is actually going on. The news that you read are actually pawns. They are, they are just playing games with people's minds. God's word is the only thing that holds the true picture of what your life was designed to look like. Say this with me. Say, I attend to God's word. Oh, say it out loud. Say, I attend to God's word. All right, let's look at Isaiah chapter number 55 and verse 11. Let's start from verse 11. It says, for so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. This is God talking. So shall my word be. Listen, the word is Jesus. So shall Jesus be. Uh, hallelujah. You see, look at that, that scripture. It says, that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please. What does he please? Your salvation. Jesus came and accomplished what the father pleased. He was pleased to save you. You see, this thing has not set in people's consciousness. That's why they are always scared. Always worried. Jesus has accomplished that which the father was pleased to do. See, the gift of salvation was not a hand down. It was not something that was, let me just see if I can help them, baby. Let me, just, let me just see if I can help them. No, no, no. It was an intentional gift that the father was pleased to give. In other words, if the father was pleased to give it, he is pleased to see you enjoy it. Can you say amen? amen. Say this with me. My father, My father is pleased to see me enjoy all of the benefits of his righteousness. 
He says, so shall my word be. I'm trying to put a sandwich together right now. All right? So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. People must realize that your prosperity in life is what the Father pleases. Your victory, your strength in life is the Father's pleasure. Your joy is the Father's pleasure. I want you to take note of that. Your peace is the Father's pleasure. You know, many times this thing eh, that has happened to a lot of believers, where it looks like, the, see, just look straight at me. Don't look to the left, because you, you will realize that what I'm saying, you have probably thought it before. That the enemy is, that God is in partnership with the enemy to teach me a lesson. This thing cannot be normal. God is teaching me something. No, the father is not pleased to see you suffer, to see you morose, to see you full of fear. No, it will accomplish that which I please. So your question, the question you should be asking yourself, what does the father please? What is the father pleased to bring to me? Glory, hallelujah. It says, and it shall do what? It shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. And brothers and sisters, you are the thing. You are the one yeah. that God sent his word to. Hooray. Oh boy. The word sent to you. You see, this word that you are receiving now is on an assignment to make you merry. And scripture already tells you it prospers. In other words, God's word does not fail. Meaning that by the time this series of teachings are over, you will find yourself marinated in joy. Amen. And you say amen. Amen. Now let's go to the next verse, verse 12. This is a sandwich now. Look at this. It says, for you shall go out with joy. Listen, at the reception of the word, there is movement with joy. Not stagnation, not a merry-go-around. It says, you shall go out with joy. In other words, when you receive my word sent to you, then you go out out with joy there is movement when joy is on display look at the picture here is that you are moving you are going out with joy in other words expressing joy at the reception of the word is progress you want to go out you want to do stuff you want to accomplish stuff let me tell you you even want to grow in the things of god you want to grow in your relationship with jesus you step out in that quest with joy let me tell you people want to grow in their relationship with jesus but all the while they treat that as though it's a sad thing how will you grow you understand what i'm saying i want to i want to but that picture is that they have is not a picture of a little girl excited to see daddy rejoicing to, at the sight of daddy is a picture of work and labor you let me tell you i'm not prophesying you will never grow because all that is coming to your mind is how laborious it is to work with jesus you know jesus said take up your cross and follow me who for the joy instead of the joy set before him he chose you to come and participate in his joy can we say amen he says for you shall do what go out with joy there is a going out that happens when joy is on display there is a progress 
There is movement. That word go out is a picture of I am moving. I'm not static. I am moving. So the expression of joy is not a meaningless thing. Say amen. Amen. You shall go out with joy. And do what? And be led forth with peace. Alright? He says, and the mountains and the hills will do what? Will break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. What are they doing? They are resonating to your joy. Everything around you is resonating with your joy. Why are they breaking forth into singing? Because you are singing. Oh, say amen. Amen. Why are they breaking forth into clapping of hands? Because you are clapping your hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why is, why is, okay, why is the response not mourning and sorrow? Because you are not mourning and you are not sorrowful. It is your joy on display that is the joy that they are responding and resonating to. Can you say amen? Amen. Your health will resonate. You know your DNA strands, they 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 are intelligent. Your DNA strands will resonate with your joy. All of a sudden, he says, yeah, we have to cooperate. He's, he's happy. Let's be happy too. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have to cooperate. Your cells, your body structure, your body system begins to cooperate. Oh, say hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God. He says, the, 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 the mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing. How did he start? Somebody received the word and began to rejoice at the hearing of God's word. He says, and all the trees of the field shall clap your hands. Next verse. Let's read together. Everybody want to go. Instead of the thorn shall come the fair tree, right? And instead of the briar shall come up the matted tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. In other words, this is how the Lord works. Amen. When God shows up and says, fear not, you fear not. When he shows up and says, rejoice, you know, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You have to choose to rejoice. Glory, hallelujah. Let me tell you this. God walks in the midst of joy. Listen, let me, let me put it better. God's greatest works are seen manifest in the midst of joy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. The power of God is upon this. God's greatest manifestation is seen in joy. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So let's write this down. A merry heart is not pointless or meaningless. And that is the basis of our conversation today. A merry heart is not pointless or meaningless. There is such a thing as progress with joy. And I'm going somewhere with this. A merry heart is not pointless or meaningless. There is such a thing as progress with joy. That scripture says, I wish I didn't, I didn't tell you to put this up, but I'll, I'll read it from the Young's translation. 
all right young's translation it says with joy you go forth that's what young's translation young's literal translation says with joy you go forth in other words when joy is on display there is progress going forth is a sign of progress when joy is on display for one moment stop worrying stop being afraid stop fretting and start rejoicing at what god is doing and then suddenly you'll be able to hear you'll be able to see you'll be able to perceive if your conversation is everything that is dying everything that is not living then you will not be able to hear what god is saying say amen Amen. see let me tell you i'm priming you for what your future looks like it looks like joy say this with me i make progress with joy so with joy young's literal translation says with joy you go forth put it like this with joy you go forward i want you to write that down with joy i go forward i go forward i go forward with joy glory hallelujah thank you dear lord jesus put psalms 105 and verse 43 on the screen oh i love this are you excited yes sir is anybody excited go ahead and give the lord a shout of praise all right let's read this together everybody wants to go and he brought forth his people with joy and he's chosen with gladness. Why, why, why is there the need for there to be joy? He can just bring them forth. <laughs> they don't need to be joyful. Tosan can say, after all, Lord, you, you are the one who left me here. Why did you leave me here for this long? He brought them forth with joy. So we can put it like this. As they rejoiced, they saw him bringing them forth. Why is, why is it necessary to define the kind, of, the kind of character they had whilst he was bringing them forth? He brought, he brought forth his people with joy. They had joy as they were being brought forth. But here's what I'm saying. That it's not a merry-go-round is a merry, but you're not going around. You're making progress. You're going forward. Every time you see joy on display, you know, even some of you should go and, should go and check it. All right? Go and check it. I think last year or two years ago, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. <laughs> Johnny the Walker. They started using our language. Go forward in, with joy. Yeah. They had a campaign all through, I think, 2021 or 2020, 2020 into 2021. Go forth with joy. <laughs> Johnny Walker. So what they are saying is that our whiskey is so nice. If you take it, you will be joyful and you will make progress. But we know that that idea is stolen. Let me tell you, business people steal scriptural concepts all the time. The idea of customer service is a believing concept. Yes. <laughs> the idea of, you know, after sales service, 
They are all scriptural. How to hospitality, treating people well, treating people with hospitality, they are all scriptural. So many times, when you realize that these guys have stolen your secrets and they are marketing it using business language, but you who have the secrets do not realize that the, 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 the title of the campaign is Joy Will Take You Further. Yeah, that's the title of Johnny Walker's campaign. Joy will take you further. In other words, they've come to agree with the idea that in the expression of joy, people make progress. Joy is not a static thing like you think. I get what I'm saying. As you are rejoicing at the harvest that you have not seen, you are entering into the harvest spiritually. And guess what, brothers and sisters? We enter spiritually before we enter naturally. Joy will take you further. Brothers and sisters, I came to announce to you the joy of the Lord takes you further, gives you progress. I'm not talking about the joy that comes from carrying spirits. Taking spirit and drinking and then chatting all sorts. No, I'm talking about the joy that is of the Lord that comes from the Lord that comes from you holding on to his word for their life. I say, Lord, I'm not backing down. You said. <laughs> I heard the testimony of, of, of a man who, by prophetic words, in fact, I have two testimonies. God is gracious and kind to us. One is the tes- testimony of a man who, by prophetic words, was sent abroad on a course. He was in the military, sent abroad on a course. And the man of God told him, Prophet Moyo told him, he said, you have come first on this course. And so after the entire exam and all of that, they told him that he failed. He said, failed, okay. <laughs> How can you say I failed? He said, he failed. In fact, he knew he was serious when the embassy called him. I said, start packing. We're looking for a flight for you. Listen. He said, but the man of God said, Kai, but my prophet said that I have come first on this course. This thing that they are describing now does not look like first. <laughs> and usually, there is a way the interview goes. You enter to see the OC or something, and then from there, you go out. People don't come back. It's like that, out. But this time he entered holding on to words that have been said. And when you're holding on to words that have been spoken over you, you are rejoicing. The, the natural, and you see, that's, you see, sometimes you look at believers' faces, you see, you're like, okay. The natural, it might look like nothing is happening. He had failed the course. The embassy was already looking for, for, for flights for him, for the next available flight. And then he got in there. Trusting what God had spoken to him through his son. And so the OC said, I, I see you failed the course. He said, no, sir, I didn't fail. Ah. <laughs> he said, I-, I see you failed this course. He said, no, sir, I did not fail. Now, if you like, you can follow me and let's go back and do this course. And the guy was stunned at his boldness. I said, okay, go back. So he went back from where he came from. And then all his other offi- all the other officers were saying, since this school was founded in 19-whatever, you are the first person that has come back this way. 
Some of you at the slightest sign of is not working. You have given up. No, you hold on to God's word. This is what you said. Until I see what has been said in my life, this is what you said. Are you getting what I'm saying? You hold on for their life. Sometimes people are so quick to say the pastor lied. Why, is, why should that be your testimony? <laughs> Even the pastor as he's speaking, he's trusting God too. Yeah. Can you say amen? amen? And that's how he went back. First in many years, he went back and completed that course and passed. Glory, hallelujah. Glory Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Early this year. You know, I, you see, let me say this to you. Amen? Amen? Start noticing patterns early in your life. Patterns that fulfill scripture. Amen? Amen. Notice them. And magnify them. <laughs> what did I say? Notice them and do what? Magnify them. Make them bigger than they look. See, even if it's only once that you have experienced that victory, shout it like it's a hundred times. Oh, if you like, be, if you like, I'm giving you spiritual secrets. So when we were in Golden Tulip, after one of our evening services, it, I, I noticed the lady, she was just sitting there. I think I've shared this here before. And, you know, in my custom, I'll just normally greet people, say hello and all of that. So, Greeted her. And when we got talking, I discerned by the spirit that she was looking for a child. So I just casually prayed with her. Long and short of the story, she had given birth before she remembered to call one of our leaders to tell her, Ah, it's true. Tell your pastor. All right, that I have given birth and all of that according to God's word. This was a medically written off person. So when that happened, I said, ah, there's something here. Amen? Amen. So around January this year, I would just mention her, you know, in person. We, you know, we had, we had um, I Love My City, and we ordered something from one of the vendors. How many of you remember? Okay. Because, right, so that's all I'll say. Okay, so we got talking. And I was, you know, speaking to this lady. And she mentioned to me that she had a medical condition that I can't remember the name now. But that medically speaking, She's not supposed to be able to conceive at all. Ah, so I laughed. I say, ah, <laughs> God bears me witness. I say, ah, ah, this is now a specialty for me. You know, it has only happened once. Once, so. I say, ah, I've noticed in my life that this is very special. It's a specialty for me. If people are looking for children, they should just come to me. And I was not joking. I was not smiling. I was saying it with all seriousness. I told her, as God lives, oh, in 12 months, you, I mean, in nine months, rather, you are going to carry your baby this week. 
this week. This week, I think either when it, no, we were scheduled to talk on, yes, it was on Thursday, and she called me. She said, Pastor. She first started and said story, said this, said that, said that. But I knew where she was going. She said, Pastor, I am five months gone. Rejoice now. So she took in around March. Amen. And then the way she was talking, she was talking like she said, ah, that before, before she has never passed three months. She was talking as if she was getting ready. I said, wait. Hmm? You see, that time, eh, that ignorance has been overlooked. Now, is with joy you carry this thing to full term. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And guess what? She is due in January, my birthday, my birth month. And I was just laughing. I was telling my wife. I said, God has a huge sense of humor. This is number two. Now, I'm going to talk about it like it's hundred. Yes. Because you magnify what God is doing. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's the source of joy. You magnify what God is doing. I told her, I said, we have already named the baby. I, I get something. In fact, when we come, I went to pick up my wife on Friday, and we come back from work. I said, I have there's a journal she bought for somebody that I want to buy for her. Is you chronicle your birth journey? Hey, let me give you something to keep remembering the promise, not your pain. Say amen. amen. Say I'm a joy being. When you hear testimonies like that, you, you latch on on it. Yes. Hold on to it. Medically written off. She's been married about four years now. No child. And she's been trying. In fact, she said something that really touched me. She said one day, she was, she was you know, going out of the compound. And she has a neighbor who has small children. And that she was expecting to hear the sound of children playing and all of that. Now she walked out. She didn't hear any sound. So it just dawned on her that, oh, it was past 10. They've gone to school. Then she now said, you see, if I also had children now, they too will go to school. But thanks be to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? She doesn't have to live with that regret any longer. And it is simply because we decide to hold on to God's word. When it starts to happen, don't say he just showed up. He didn't just show up. He did not just show up. He has been putting God's word to work when there was no spotlight on him. The day spotlights came on you was not the day God started to raise you. Now you're killing your bears. The power of God is on this. You're killing your bears and your lions behind the scene when nobody is seeing you. But the day is coming when the anointing for kings, hallelujah, has catapulted you from the backside of the city. And now you are standing before kings. Can you say amen? Amen. Say, I go forth with joy. 
Let's read this scripture again. One to go. He what? He brought forth his people with what? With joy. And he's chosen with what? With gladness. You are wondering how you're going to come out? With joy. Amen? The glory of the Lord is upon us. You're wondering how the rest of the year is going to look? With gladness. With joy. That's how it's going to look. You're going to rejoice even when it looks like you have no reason to. Some of us will decide, all right? Some people rejoice when happenings seem to happen the way they want it to happen. But we rejoice even when happenings do not seem to happen the way we want it to happen. We're still full of joy. And you say, Amen. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Psalms 126 and verse 5. Psalms 126 and verse 5. Woo! Look at this, everybody. I don't want to read the entire scripture. I want, because it's very short. It's a very short um, chapter. But I just want us to stay on this one. Let's read together, everybody. Want to go? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Do you see the progress of joy? I am reaping in joy. Listen. Very important. Many times, your sowing is in tears. Okay? Many times. Nobody's watching. You're doing your stuff. You know? In fact, people are castigating you, criticizing you. Okay. But don't make the mistake to think that you, sh- you would reap in tears. No. You're only permitted to sow in tears. Sowing in tears because it is something is leaving you. And sometimes when things are leaving your hand, it might seem very painful. Your last, your, you know, things are leaving your hand. Yes, huh? Something you have you. <laughs> How many of you have ever felt bad that? Uh? Something, you know, let's say you did an investment. <laughs> and that investment, you know you would have used that money. Hmm? All of you who have done MMM, Moku, Mokbe. <laughs> you know that you would have used that money to do something. Even if it's a gift to your mom or to buy, you know. Now you say you are doing investment. <laughs> you know, as you were putting that money out, it was, ah, I could have used this money to do something. But... I'm sowing it, in quotes, in tears. Now imagine that they now tell you it has crashed. That's double tears. <laughs> you are not even, there's nothing to reap. It's an empty barn. But listen, listen to this. You sow in tears, and that's where people sometimes miss it. You sow in tears when it comes to reaping. When it comes to the time for reaping, it has to be in joy. In other words, listen, you have sown in tears. This is you sowing in tears. You switch your face to joy because now you know it's harvest time. We don't cry during harvest time. We dance during harvest time. I get what I'm saying. Listen, listen. Your posture is prophetic. Hear me? Your posture is symbolic. It is prophetic. Listen, many times, eh, you might have a prophet over your life, but many times, you are the prophet. If you take a posture of delivery, that's delivery time. 
If you take a posture of joy, that's harvest time. I get what I'm saying. It is you that is the believer. Listen, God has given you the ability to determine the season you want to live in. Part time. Oh, am I talking to somebody? Yes, he has given you the ability to determine which season you want to live in. Part time. Yes, so, if you are rejoicing, you are simply telling the host of heaven, you are telling the angels, you are telling everybody, I'm ready for my harvest. But if you are still money, everybody's looking at, ah, <laughs> what's going on here? Listen, I'm not saying that God looks at your countenance to give you stuff. Mm-mm. God looks at the finished work of Jesus yes, yes. to give you stuff. Yes, yes, yes. What I am saying is that your countenance is a major determinant as to whether you believe or not. So you must fix that countenance of yours. It's a major determinant of what is going on in your heart. Major. If you cannot laugh in public because you are shy, laugh at home. Rejoice at home. Shut the door. Do whatever. But make sure you are dancing because you have taken a posture. I don't know if anybody's hearing what I'm saying. You have taken a posture. It's harvest time. We reap in joy. Say that we reap in joy. joy. Yeah, that's what we do. We reap in joy. Many times people want to reap in sorrow. No. That's where you miss it. You reap in joy. You sow in tears. But when it comes to time for reaping, you have to wipe your face and start to rejoice. You reap in joy. Now, I don't know if you've ever, look at this. I'm talking about that there's a connection between joy and progress. If you've ever seen reapers, reapers go in a straight line, making progress from line to line, making progress from line to line until they cover the field. I get what I'm saying? So, in joy, you notice that you have started making progress in joy. Listen, the first sign of, of progress is that where there was pain and sorrow, you are now joyful. Yes, yes. You have made progress, sir. Yes. Go and ask any psychologist. They'll tell you. Where there was pain and sorrow, now at the same thoughts, at the same thing, you're now rejoicing. Progress is being made. Say this with me. I progress in joy. joy. Say it again. Say I progress in joy. joy. Some of you are not talking like you mean it. Say I progress in joy. joy. Glory, hallelujah. Write this down. Progress in life. Through the expression and radiation of joy. Progress in life. Through the expression and radiation of joy. I have a a few more things to say to us. Thank you dear Lord Jesus. I have a few more things to say. Some of you know Paul wrote the book of Philippians. And... Do you realize that Paul wrote the book of Philippians from prison? From prison, no? And in the book of Philippians, there is more joy and rejoicing mentioned than in all the epistles put together. (laughs) Hey, I'm in prison. If you count the times joy, gladness, rejoicing, and all of those things happens in Philippians alone, you wonder... 
How is it that a man is in prison and he's asking the people to rejoice and he's rejoicing? In fact, he, he mentioned it so much that in Philippians 3, all right, Philippians 3 and verse 1, the Bible says that Paul had to begin to apologize. He said, look, I am sending this thing to you again, all right? For you, it might be burdensome, but I realize that it is necessary. Put, put Philippians 3 and verse 1, if you have it. I know I didn't give that to you. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He had repeated it so much. Look at this. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. He had mentioned it to the point that he felt that the people might already start to take offense at how much he's mentioning it. And he's starting the letter in chapter 3, and he's, he's saying rejoice in the Lord. From prison. Some of you want to wait till the weather is brighter, then you will rejoice. I, I was telling, I was telling someone, I can't remember how I was telling, I, I think it was you, I can't remember. I can imagine. We said, Paul and Silas, they prayed, they did what? They sang, and what? The Holy Ghost came down. Paul and Silas, they prayed. We sing it like that. But what you have not thought about is the condition in which they were singing and praising and praying. In, in the Roman days, eh, when they arrest people, they, the, the handcuff right, is not cuffed like this. It is cuffed to the ground. So they are literally squatting. That's how they are cuffed. You can imagine what begins to happen to your back to be put in a small square, cuffed to the ground, and they are singing and, and, and dancing. <laughs> and any small opportunity they have, he will write a letter to the Philippian church and say, Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Rejoice in the Lord. Out of prison. Many of you are waiting for the circumstance to be perfect before you rejoice. No. You start going forth with joy. You start putting joy ahead of you. If you want to come out, put joy ahead. Get joy in front. They pray, they sang the holy, listen. There's a connection between that expression of joy and the manifestations that followed. How angelic activities were on the increase in their lives. Suddenly, an angel came, broke the chains. Are you getting what I'm saying? Opened the gates such that as they were coming out, the guard wanted to kill him. They said, no, 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 no. Don't kill yourself. We're still here. Do you know the kind of freedom that you have to tell a guard, I'm still here. Don't hurt yourself. The same guard can arrest you back. Now the guard is assisting them out. Angelic activities. Ministry of angels. You activate the force of heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? As you focus on Jesus, focus on the finished work, and begin to rejoice. See, let me tell you. I'm not boasting. I have not seen brighter days than I'm seeing now. Ah, in my life, in my ministry, in everything that I have not seen brighter days than now. 
y <laughs> ah. it starts with your heart indicting a good matter staying your heart on God's word staying your heart on God's word some of you man, the shaking the seeming shaking was not God but it has forced you to focus and that's a good thing Say, I rejoice in God. I rejoice in God. Glory, hallelujah. I want to quickly rub something in. Then I'll be done. You know, you know. Glory to God. Write this down. Joy should not be tied to happenings. Joy should be tied to your identification slash your union with Christ. Not happenings. Your identification slash your union with Jesus. That's the source of your joy. Listen to me. Look up at me, everybody. And I I, I feel led to say this. No longer will you live your life like you are living, all right, to get the attention of the Oscars or any of those things that they do. The Oscars, the Moscas, the whatever. All those things that they give. Nobel laureates. All of those things. That until they give you. You have not arrived. No. You have arrived in Christ. Whether they give you or not. That platform is not the validation of your identity. Your union with Christ. Thank you dear Lord Jesus. Can we do two more? Just two more. I have two more scriptures, literally. Mm, two more. Abi? I will go. I am so happy. Joshua chapter number one. I want to show you something. Joshua chapter number one. We'll try to be very fast. I'll bring out what I need to bring out. And we'll be done. Now, after the death of Moses, Joshua chapter number six. Did I say chapter one? It's six, ma. (laughs) Six and verse one. Yes. How many of you know? The wall of Jericho fell down flat. The wall of Jericho fell down flat. And the people of God are praising the Lord. The wall of Jericho fell down flat. (laughs) You see, first thing is to know the story. Second is to take the truth out of the story. And use it as the guiding compass for your life. Hmm? Let's look. I want to show you something very important. And then I'll, I'll try to close. It says, now Jericho was straightly up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see... I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city, all men of war, and go round this merry go round. But there's progress being made. And go round the city once. Thou dost shalt thou do. For six days. So, look at this. Mary going round 
six days going around, once every day, it looks like there's no progress, right? We're just doing something pointless. If you were part of the army, yeah, what kind of, Ogar Joshua, what kind of strategy for takeover is this one? What kind of strategy is this, sir? Which, where, where did you learn this type of thing in combat? Once a day, go round. Just look at, just look at the futility of this takeover in the mind of the normal human being. But in God's mind, in God's mind, a merry heart is the takeover. A merry heart is the takeover. See, I'm talking to some of you now. I'm talking to governors. I'm talking to listen. Ah, okay, no problem. I'm talking to governors. I'm talking to prime ministers. I can tell you by the spirit, it is closer than you think. I'm telling you by the spirit, it is closer than you think. When we say the heart of kings are open to you. Listen, some of you right now start deciding what you are going to take to the kings. They are not as far as you think. I'm telling you, they are not as far as you think. And it's not a part that I'm not walking. I'm walking in it right now. Now as we're talking. You will hear the stories later. The king's hearts are open to you already. This is takeover generation. See, I'm not talking about in the next five years, ten years. Some of you are saying five years, ten years. Missing. I'm talking now. Now, now, now. God has put speed on your feet. And acceleration to your steps. Don't think to yourself, how will this happen? Who am I? No, 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 no. No, you will dance in that room, that small room of yours. You will dance in that room, eh? You will rejoice in that room. And God will give you earth-shaking ideas. And by the time you present them, they'll be like, where have you been? Hi. We've been waiting for Hi. you. Kai, let me try, let me try, let me try. I feel the power of God upon this. But let, let's try. He says, and you shall compass the city all ye men of war, men of war. He says, go around the city once. Thus shall thou do for six days. Next verse. He says, seven priests shall bear. This is the important part. I love this part. He says, seven priests shall bear the ark, seven trumpet of ram's horn, and, this, and the seventh day ye shall come past the city seven times and the priest shall blow with the trumpet look at the look at the lineup first is carry ark and i want to touch on that very quickly the ark in bible day symbolized the presence of god it's very important to oh, hey jesus <laughs> ark was a box that, that was the presence of god with the people but give me that Hebrews 9. I want to show them. We'll come back to this very quickly. Hebrews 9, 4, Abby. Hebrews 9, something. Okay. Let me be sure. Yeah, 1 to 4. It says, then verily, look at this, so look at this, the ark. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary, verse 2. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein there was the candlestick, and the table, and the shoebread, which is called the sanctuary, verse 3. And after the second veil, 
the tabernacle which is called what the holiest of all verse 4 which had let's read together everybody want to go which had what the golden censer the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold wherein when he says wherein it means inside good wherein was what the golden pot that had manna number one number two aaron's rod that bordered number three and the tables of covenant these were the content of the ark eh? number one the golden pot of manna it is symbolic of the people's disobedience to god's instructed ordinance he said do not keep overnight they did and then that pot of manna became a symbol of god's judgment right because of their disobedience they now said take that put it in the ark number two aaron's rod that bordered it was symbolic of their rebellion against god's ordained leadership god says queen that i'm going to use they say ah why queen ah see 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 she's doing dreadlocks queen k how can the spirit of god walk with queen no didn't you see a uh, omobola omobola is tall dark handsome body built now chose queen now nah, we will not listen to queen no as they ganged up like that and said we will not listen God now said, I want to show you people that I chose queen and that there's nothing you can do about it. Queen, bring your rod. And queen brought a stick. Rod is a stick. It's not iron. She brought her stick and she dropped it. I said, oh, that's one. Bring yours. And they, they brought it. And he said, the one whose rod has almond ripe by the next day, Kwasia Maluasakia. Hey, I feel the power of God upon what I'm saying. The one whose rod has almonds by the next morning, in other words, in 24 hours, that's my chosen one. I don't want to preach out of this. By the next morning, a process that is supposed to take months had been compressed overnight. That's your God. Just to prove a point that my hand is upon Aaron. And then you think that he will not move the heavens and the earth. To prove a point that his hand is upon your life. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that Aaron's rod that bordered, which was symbolic of, this is the one I have chosen. Don't mess with him. It was symbolic of their rebellion against God's ordained leadership. Did they need sign and wonder? They would have just followed. They said, take that rod, put it in the ark. In other words, let me tell you why they are putting it in the ark. Because anytime God sees it, he will be vexing. As per, anytime he sees it, he's, there's punishment for them for their disobedience. Then the third one, the tables of the covenant. You know the tables of the covenant now. As Moses went up to go and bring ten commandments. Baba. Yeah. All of them turned. They turned to themselves. They say, my brother. My brother. <laughs> The whole three point something million people left Moses that day. Oh, you don't know? Moses was up there. They say, ah, we don't know what has become of this, uh, of this uh, man. I beg, find us, you know, where are your, your trinkets of gold and all that? And they took all their gold. I don't want to touch something. Let me just continue straight as I'm going. They took all their gold, put it in the fire. Boom, came the, uh, the calf. 
And then all of them said, Dan- can you imagine? All of them said, dancing around it. <laughs> ah, Moses was coming down holy, fresh, with holy power. As he was coming down like, ha. Huh? See people naked, dancing. They say, hey, this is our God. <laughs> Moses, Moses was so angry. Moses was angry. He, he slammed the, 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 the tablet on the floor. <laughs> he was so angry. God said, okay, take that broken tablet. I don't want to remember that these people left. Can you imagine you leave God for idol? Hey, is that not madness? <laughs> you leave the living God. You start dancing. Pudum, 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 before idol. Say, take that thing like that. Put it in the ark. And then do what? Overlay it with gold. What is gold? Righteousness. In other words, when I look at this ark, I don't see the symbol of these people's sin. I see my righteousness covering them. Then he now says, spill blood on it. (laughs) Put blood on it. So I no longer see them. I now see my goodness and my favor and my righteousness. Listen, church. This was what the presence of God was. Hey, I don't, Lord, you have given me wisdom. Give me that, your precious bag. Bring it. Imagine that the presence of God is a bag. Hey, hey, hey. It means that the bag is not actually the presence of God. It is the consciousness of what the bag represents. Hi. Are people hearing what I'm saying like this? What the bag represents is what is the presence of God. So the presence of God was not the ark. It was what, take darling, it was what the ark represented. So in other words, you and I today don't need to construct box and then carry on our shoulder. Can you rejoice? Glory, hallelujah. So listen, you're carrying something that represents the presence of God, but it's not a, an ark. Just imagine, you know, um, um, Michael, you know, he comes with Vic, you know, with Dupe and, <laughs> and Enki. You know, two in front, two at the back. Maybe, maybe the ladies will be in front. And then Victor and Michael will be at the back. You know how they used to dance when they're... <laughs> you just carry it like that. And you're moving. They say, this is the presence of God. But no, it, that thing is not the presence of God. It's what it represented. Now, guess what? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Listen. As they were carrying that stuff, one time, the thing did as though it wanted to fall. Then somebody reached out to steady it. He died on the spot. It's symbolical. It's symbolic. Anytime God is doing a finished work, and you go and use human works and mentality and human performance to try to steady the finished work that God has done, it leads to death. Listen, I'm not saying you die physically. What I'm saying is that you will not be able to enjoy a free flow of your relationship with God because you're putting works inside is somebody hearing what I'm saying? If God is on a finished work parade, let him finish his work. Yeah. 
Let him go on his parade. Don't try to help him with your performance. Ah, Lord, I did good today. Your good is not the basis of his goodness. His goodness is independent of you. Can you shout amen, church? God is good whether you are good or not. Even if you decide not to be good, he is still good. The Bible says he cannot deny himself. So here's where I'm going. The presence of God is an ark. Now, if you take away the ark, it means the presence of God is a consciousness. Jesus. Now, you don't deal in ark. Just imagine, we say, Dupe, Ark Traders International. (laughs) Dupe, what do you do? I sell the ark of the covenant. (laughs) That's my business. I sell ark for a living. (laughs) You say, okay, we want to buy ark. So we're now going to be patronizing Dupe. And then trust Dupe now. She'll put bread inside. (laughs) Hot bread. You say, buy hot bread in the ark. <laughs> so if you want the presence of God now, we look for ark. No, no, no. We don't look for ark. We install a consciousness. The ark was symbolic of a consciousness. So if they don't see the ark, they know that there's a consciousness. But my point is, how was it that an ark was the presence of God in that day? For you today, is the consciousness that is the presence of God for you. The consciousness that your rebellion, your guilt, your sin has been forgiven. You are as anointed. I say you are. See, you say, I came into the presence of God. No, you did not come into the presence of God. You are joining in life. With the presence of God. The moment you have a consciousness. That's why when I was talking to that lady, I didn't miss words. I said, by this time. And guess what? I didn't go to find out whether she was pregnant or not. I knew. I knew. By, I knew. That there was only one result. And let me tell you, that's how I know that there's only one way my life is going. I know. I'm not thinking. I know it's upward and forward. I know. I know that when kings see me, they favor me. They like to be in my good books. I've already pictured them receiving me with a handshake. I say, where have you been all our lives? (laughs) Glory to God forevermore. Say this with me. Say, I carry the presence of God. I I want to try to finish. So go back to that Joshua scripture. I want to show them something. Very quick. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to where we were. What verse were we in? He says, and, and over it, the cherubs of glory shadowing the mercy seat. No, 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 no. Go back to Joshua. Joshua, sorry, my dad. Joshua 6. I finished showing them what I want to show them here. Joshua 6. Where were we in? Verse 4, right? And then he says, the seven priests shall bear before it. Look at it now. The, the ark, the seven trumpets of ram's horn, and the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. Next verse. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall do what? Shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. Verse 6. 
Let's read this together. Everybody want to go. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant. So for you today, are you looking for ark? No. Take up the consciousness that your rebellion is forgiven. That your sins are covered. Hallelujah. Take up the consciousness that there is no guilt against you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you take up that consciousness. Next one. It says, and let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. So you, you are not looking for ram's horn now. You know that he has made you kings and priests unto God. Glory to God. So you're a king. You're not looking for ram's horn. Your ram's horn is the melody of your heart to the consciousness of your head. That's your ram's horn now. So you carry your ram's horn, all right? The melody of your heart, the merriness of your heart to the consciousness that your sins are forgiven. You will carry that. Look at it. Next verse. Next verse. And then he said to the people, pass on and compass the city. And let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto these people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of Ram's horn passed on before the Lord and blew the trumpet and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. Next verse. And the armed men went before the priest and blew with the trumpets and the rare reward came after the ark. The priest going on and doing what? Blowing with the trumpets. Next verse. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, Ye shall not shout or make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I bid you to shout. Then you shall shout. See, in this, in this moment now, what you're doing is you're meditating. You're meditating. Your, your mind is hovering. And then you're already, you know, you know you can be already grooving in your heart at a melody. I get what I'm saying. Your, your heart is already merry. Kai, my sins are forgiven. God is not angry with me. You're not shouting yet. But guess what? If you stay with this thing, suddenly you are driving. Yes, because I see all of you having your own cars. Listen, you are driving now. And then you're saying, oh, glory to God. See, let me tell you, I've told you before. You are responsible for your atmosphere. Create the atmosphere that you want. Kai. All right. We're going all the way to verse 17. We'll soon be done. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. So pay attention to this. This is Jericho wall. Number one day, go once. You see, it's merry-go-round. Right? Looks like merry-go-round. Go once. Install the consciousness. Go around once. Go home. Merry-go-round. Looks like there's no progress. Come out again on the day two. Go around again. You see, people don't know when your process is already on. They see your harvest, but they don't know that your process was already on. You don't have to explain to them. You go around again, rejoicing, glory to God, maintaining that posture of joy in your heart. So they did that for six days. You know, nothing. Nothing has happened. And somebody will be tempted to think, you know, I'm just imagining somebody just looked at Joshua. Joshua. Like, really? <laughs> In this work generation, 
Like, really, sir? Is this your strategy? Joshua said, just follow me. He's <laughs> what I heard that I'm saying. Let's continue. Verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark. Why are they taking up this ark? Why? Took up the ark of the Lord. Next verse. And the seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn, before the ark of the Lord, went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them. But the rare reward came after the ark of the Lord, and the priests going on, blowing with the trumpets. Next verse. And on the second day, they encompassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did for how many days? Six days. Let's read together. Everybody want to go. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawn of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. It's like a merry-go-round. But there's progress in joy. Let's continue. Let's read together. Only that they that on that day they compassed the city. How many times? Seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpet. Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has done what? Giving you the city. That's what you do when you know the Lord had given you the city. Verse 17. And the city shall be what? Accursed. Even it and all that is therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. And she and all that are with her in the house. Because she hid the messengers that we sent. Next verse. Verse 18. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accosting lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take off the accosting and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Next verse. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated to the Lord and they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Next verse. So the people did what? Let's, let's read together. Everybody want to go? So the people did what? Shouted. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it came to pass. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, and that the wall did what? Fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. There's progress in joy. Hi, I said there's progress in joy. There's progress in joy. Say, there is progress in my joy. How many of you will experience these kinds of victory in this season? No, I've just shown you the instrument. Okay, um, Queen, how are you going to end this year? Ah, with a merry heart. And then somebody, somebody will say, somebody will say, ah, really? I mean, I have my six months plan. I have my, listen, all those things should proceed out of a merry heart. Otherwise, they won't work. Put joy first. Glory, hallelujah. How would the king see you and, and just love you? With a merry heart. Glory, hallelujah. How many of you are, take, are city takers here? Let me see your hands. Up. Glory to God. How many of you are nation builders here? Yes. 
I get what I'm saying? First time you, you came out, they laughed. Come out again. Glory, hallelujah. Do day two. Do day three. Do day four. It's the consistency of setting your hearts to rejoice before the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I, pro- I proceed with joy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a... Ma- now, when you look at these guys, you won't say, merry go round us. No, 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 no. We are merry. But we're not just going around. We are making progress. Hallelujah. There are spiritual verities accruable to us in this display of joy. It's not just empty. It's a capital. It's a capital. My joy in the Holy Ghost is a capital. I refuse to be sad. I refuse to be grumpy. I refuse to be angry. I am full of joy. Glory, hallelujah. Say this with me, I have a merry heart. So you see, this is one of the things that we can teach you, but you have to act it. You step out tomorrow, the weather looks sunny, I mean, looks rainy, it's about to rain, nothing gloomy, dark, everything looks, you know, empty. Your bank account, ah. (laughs) You're like, what? Ah, you rejoice, your best thoughts are on their way. I get what I'm saying. Your best thoughts are in your joy. Glory, hallelujah. Rise to your feet, pray in the spirit. I have a merry heart. I have a merry heart. Pray in the spirit, everybody. In the name of the Lord Jesus, my heart is merry. Oh, glory, hallelujah. My heart is merry. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. The trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life with this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Share.